Hello, and welcome to Conversations at the Washington Library, a podcast about early American history and the people who teach it. I am your host, Dr. Joe Stoltz, and in this week's episode, we're going to be discussing the new interactive exhibit at Mount Vernon called Be Washington, uh, and we are going to have a three-way conversation between myself, uh, who helped do some of the writing for the, the different scenarios, uh, Matt Briney, Mount Vernon's Vice President of New Media, and Joe Cortina, the founder of Cortina Productions, who was the uh, museum exhibit design firm that Mount Vernon partnered with. Quick reminder, this March 6th begins our Michelle Smith Lecture Series. It is a, a three-part book talk uh, series that features distinguished historians from around the country. Uh, and you can still sign up for that. More information is available on the podcast website at mountvernon.org slash podcast. Uh, if you do not yet follow us on social media, please do so. We are at GW Books on Twitter and at The Washington Library on Facebook. And uh, be sure to like or subscribe to the podcast and, and rate us, uh, especially rate us if you have good things to say. If you don't have good things to say, you, you can still rate us. That, that's fine. Uh, and so now our interview about B. Washington. Okay, well, we are here at Cortina Productions in McLean, Virginia. Uh, Matt, could you start off just by telling our audience what is B. Washington? So, Joe, B. Washington is our newest interactive experience at Mount Vernon. Uh, it is a, a brand new theater to the estate. It has uh, 36 people can play this on a 6K resolution screen, and you get to step into the boots of General Washington. You get to make the decisions that he had to do during the Revolutionary War and as president, and uh, it, it's just a really great uh, uh, experience for folks to uh to learn about Washington in a new way. And it really came out of uh, uh, the efforts that we've learned from working with Cortina Productions and seeing some of their other exhibits as well. Yeah, Joe, this is not uh, Cortina's first foray in this type of exhibit, right? No, we've um, worked on uh, a number of uh, multiplayer interactive experiences uh, at the World War II Museum, at the Bush Presidential Library, to name just a few. So we have uh, are fascinated and are always learning how to engage an audience in an experience that both gives them some bit of history but also tries to make them feel a part of it. Great. Uh, no, Matt, was there one sort of specific uh, exhibit you all saw when you were trying to conceptualize what, what did you want B. Washington to be? Well, we had uh, we had received an invite from the, the Bush Presidential Library to come and visit them and see their, their exhibit and their, their facility. And uh, when we were on that tour, uh, we got to go into a theater called the Decision Points Theater. Uh, this was, a, it's a theater where uh, you get to uh, kind of be President Bush and some of the key decisions that he had to make in his presidency, listen to advisors that he was listening to, see news clips of what was happening uh, you know, uh, around him, and then ultimately make a decision. And I think we immediately fell in love with this, and, uh, and so we, we wondered... You know, this would be great, but it would be almost better if it if it could be George Washington focused. And so <laughs> not, we now we're biased, now we're biased <laughs> but uh, um, so we we immediately uh, uh, found out who did it, and uh, and then called up Joe and and said, "Let's make this happen." So, thanks. Nice what what was sort of the the background of the Decision Point Theater exhibit? 
the idea was to put the audience in a situation where they would uh, have uh, conflicting information uh, that were that was all valid and useful, and then to put them in a situation where they had to make a decision. They had to uh, talk to people with different points of view, try to figure out what they thought was the best solution, decide what that w- was individually, then as a group, and then to hear the uh, feedback of what actually happened in, historically. Great. And so, Matt, you, you, you all see the Decision Point Theater, uh, you know, the 43rd president is great, but we all know who, you know, number one is, uh, and he'll always be number one. Uh, so what did you all uh, like about, you know, especially like about the Decision Point Theater, but what, what else did you decide, you know, you, this was great, what do we want to build on? Uh, so I, I think there was a couple of things that we really, really liked. Uh, we loved the fact that you were listening from advisors that, that in that case, President Bush was listening to. And we said, well, Washington has a plethora of people that uh, that he's listening to in the same capacity. Oh, and by the way, that all of them are like star power names, you know, that we all recognize from U.S. history. Um, so we said that that's definitely got to be an element to it. I think the other factor of it is uh, it, it's a two-player experience, really, and and so there's two people sitting at, at the kiosk, and uh, they have to select the advisors and the and the situations at the same time, and and so that make that fosters a, a an effort of uh, of kind of collaboration and uh, and engagement with someone that maybe you came with, or maybe just someone that uh, was in, in the the theater at the same time you were. So. Uh, we thought that that kind of level of uh, just in civic engagement would be really a fantastic way to kind of bring that into the you know our time period as well. Great. And now, what you know? So, so this the the exhibit uh, opens to the public February eighth. So it, it, the, it, the the launch is the eighth. Uh, yeah. We're having a series of member pre day pre show days on the ninth, tenth, and eleventh, and then on February twelfth will be the first day that it's open to the public. Okay. Uh, how long does it take to build something like this? It's it's not a short process. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. How let's, long uh, have we been doing this? How long? This has been a year? It's really kind of been a, a for us, it's been a, a, about a year and a half, probably mm-hmm. a year working with Cortina, um, but then, uh, you know, about half of that, half of the previous year, just even thinking about what we would do, the different scenarios we would think about, and, uh, you know, who we would do it, had to fundraise for this, uh, you know, um, but... Uh, uh, it, it, you know, I think one of the big benefits uh, is that we work with Cortina. Cortina has a lot of experience in this. We had to explain the scenario from scratch. They've already done this really twice, and so uh, um, so we got a leg up working with them on it. And one of the that's one of the most fascinating parts of building something like this is the you collaborate with architects with systems integrators with uh, educators with designers with you know actors with the cinematographers the array of skills that you utilize to build this all with everybody thinking you know ultimately about is the story compelling will the audience you know feel like uh, it's authentic and um 
you know, with all the different skill sets, it makes it really uh, a fascinating collaboration. Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, you know one of the things in 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 the academic world when we're trying to explain to people you know, what is you know this concept of public history. That's really the thing we 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 emphasize a lot is the collaborative nature of public history, right? I mean. As as as, you, as an academic, you might you might have to go talk to librarians and archivists at times, but it's a pretty lonely process to actually like write your man, book manuscript. You you engage some with your press, but it's it's really just you. Uh, and I think as a historian, what I was really what I enjoyed most with this process was like you said, all the different sort of talent you get to to, to work with from a wide range of of fields. Um, all of which are sort of kind of pull in the same direction of, of trying to make this great history product, and everyone comes at it from a slightly different perspective. Um, so, what are what are just some of the steps that need to go into creating something like this? So, what we usually the first thing that we try to do is set um, you know the three top goals. What is it that uh, we want the audience to walk away? When they walk out of this experience, what do we want them to re- be able to retain? Uh, and then you, you know, we, and then we build from there and we continually come back and check the progress of the work. Of, does it still hold up to those three goals? And I always try to limit it to three. You know, everybody tries to add <laughs> more, but I think three is always achievable at least. And, um, and if you can walk away with the, your audience um, understanding that um, decision making is hard that uh, the same situations and uh, things that reoccur in history over and over again and that the decisions that George Washington had to make you know, can feel real and current and then it brings that history to life in a way that and with the respect for the, um, the, the job of presidency and then also the respect for um, the courage and leadership of the George Washington. You know, Matt, what are the four scenarios? So we've got uh, um, the Battle of Second Trenton, uh, we've got the Whiskey Rebellion, uh, we've got the Newburgh Conspiracy, and then uh, we've got the Genet Affair. So two from the Revolutionary War, two from the presidency. Yeah, so uh, if, if you are not familiar with the, the Battle of Second Trenton, uh, you will be uh, soon. Uh, we have determined to make Second Trenton great again. Uh, <laughs> Second Trenton was fought after, this might be surprising, after the Battle of First Trenton, uh, but before the Battle of, well, maybe I shouldn't say, because that gives away. It does give it away. Mm. See, I, but I think what you're, you're hitting on here, Joe, is, is a, a key part of it. Um, you know, we, didn't, we decided not to do Crossing the Delaware. It, it, it wouldn't too obvious. Everybody knows you're going to cross the Delaware, right? You know what the outcome is. So we tried to pick elements that are lesser known decisions within uh, within Washington's life. And with this, too, uh, so you're listening in the gameplay. You listen to your advisors. You hear what they have to say. They have con- contrasting views. And they all kind of get to either one or two potential of answers at the end. Um, and then at the very end of the game, you make the decision that Washington had to make. And we present you with three options here. And in, if you take it from a, 
a modern lens, you may think one way or the other. You may have a different view than Washington did. And there's the best part about this game is there's no right or wrong answer. You do get to hear what Washington did uh, in a in a feature film after the the vote concludes, but it allows people to start to engage on these topics and talk about you know why they came to a particular conclusion. Um, the other thing we've made it with is it, it's not an easy decision. Yeah. It's not a, a a black or white. There's a ton of gray in the in the answers and. Um, and I think that's uh, it, it. Really adds to the the interest in the game, uh, but most importantly, as we roll it out into uh, school groups that come to Mount Vernon or classrooms through our web version of this game, uh, you know, we're, we we think that it will really hopefully uh, elevate the the debate around these these decisions that Washington had to make. The early test. Uh, testing results with audiences uh, we were really happy with a couple of the aspects that they um, kind of reiterated back to us in that that they felt the decisions were hard to make. They started to feel the uh, anxiety of, of the time ticking away where they had to make a decision, that, you know, arguments on both sides were persuasive and that they, you know, somewhat changed their mind. But they were forced at the end that they had to make a decision um, and they couldn't just, you know, um, you know, critique someone else's decision. And so I think those things, uh, which we definitely want to make sure that the audience got seemed to be coming through. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, well, I, I know that uh, some of the most fun that myself and and uh, for our podcast listeners, Doug Bradburn, the president and CEO, now president and CEO of Mount Vernon, former director of the library, uh, some of the parts that him and I had the most fun sort of, sort of planning out history-wise was really digging into how do we try and persuade you to not do what Washington did, right? So that even if uh, you're dealing with someone like the Newburgh conspiracy, where maybe you know a visitor does know what Washington does historically, we really wanted to try and present you the best possible arguments against doing that to, to maybe even make you start second guessing George Washington, um, which I think is is okay to do, right? It shows how conflicted the decision was for him, which makes his ability to make a decision in a moment of crisis that much more powerful, right? That he, he doesn't keep uh, 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 wondering what what to do, he actually at some point, like you said, Joe, ha- you have to make a decision, <laughs> and and people are going to criticize you for it, and that's part of being a leader is is just knowing that that's always going to be a risk. Once you make a decision, there's always going to be that ability for for someone to uh, to second guess you. Um, and I think uh, a perfect example of that is in Whiskey Rebellion. You know, one of the advisors tells you, you know, that uh, if you come down too hard, that that's the same thing that happened at Lexington and Concord. Yeah. <laughs> and so that rings the, for the audience as to, oh, well. No pressure. This is, yeah. <laughs> and then you think, you know, cutting a tax. Oh, yes, I'm sure George, you know, killed the tax and not sent troops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's things that you know the politics of the day, uh, you know, in you know, are part of that solution as well, and the you know, the the politic of the day. I think the other interesting thing about it, Joe, too, is it's that limited 
time that you have. So in the gameplay, you can't get through all the advisors. You know who they are, you have their title, and so you have to selectively choose who you want to hear from. And, you know, depending on who you select, it could very much sway where you end your vote. So. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's been one of the things that uh, I've been really encouraged by when we've seen some of the initial feedback has, has been that frustration with folks that they can't see all the advisors and and when we do the facilitated mode where where we can actually sort of engage the people after you, you it's a great opportunity to make the point you're not always going to be able to make a decision with with 100% clarity on what the possibilities are right that's part of it's also part of being a leader welcome to being the president of the united states <laughs> yeah there's a reason they cleaned up so great after after doing their four or eight years and matt you were talking about you know the uh, characters that are in these scenarios and to hear uh, jefferson and hamilton arguing about the right way to whether to support france or not it's fascinating yeah we we really uh we really wanted uh, to be able to for Doug and or, and the research team at the library to be able to dig up the VHS tapes of them talking years ago. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you put, you bring up a very good point. I mean, there's in a lot of cases there's uh, this is going to be a first time that a lot of people have even heard, seen these people engage. Admittedly, we're using actors, but uh, mm-hmm. um, but you know, and have that those debates and and being real individuals as opposed to like a painting or something that they read in the book. And so, I think that was a that's a huge lift that your team had to do to, to pull off, uh, you know, creating these these environments and and, and we, because there's no file footage for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's and that's a that's maybe a great time to sort of segue to you know the, the what all had to go into all the filming that's this used for this because like Matt said, you know, uh, Decision Point Theater has the luxury of you can go pull old CNN file footage or or, or other news footage. Um, that said, if, if we, we don't normally have that for the 18th century, but if any of our listeners do have film footage of George Washington, <laughs> please, it's, it's right there, mountvernon.org slash podcast. Let us know. P.O. Box 110, yeah. Mount well, Vernon. <laughs> we, would, we, we, we would like that. Um, but since we, can't, we don't have that, and I, I suspect the, our listeners don't either, uh, what had to go into filming all the different uh, live action sequences? Well, that, that was uh, tremendous fun and uh, quite a challenge. So there was uh, five days of principal filming at um, Mount Vernon, at Woodlawn Plantation, and at um, Ripon Lodge, a historic home uh, in Virginia, and uh, about a crew of total of about a hundred cast of about the same over five days, and then there was um, about six days of filming of advisors at Mount Vernon uh, that um, Matt you directed, and then um, uh, a day of filming Chris Jackson in New York um, as the host, and um, uh, shooting the reenactment segments and uh, those scenes is always quite a challenge and also fascinating in that um, the uh, art directors and the curators and the uh, historical uh, reenactors and the costume designers you know are just such um, uh, creative people and they're so uh, dedicated to their craft and for the accuracy of the historical reenactments you know everything down to buttons and artwork and props and uh, material culture and uh 
the um, the the detail in that uh, you know is at one level. Then the performance of the actors to try to capture the drama of the situation is a whole nother level. And it, so it's really fascinating, a really collaborative art of both history and um, uh, a little bit of entertainment to try to make that engaging. Of course, the all the places you just mentioned, those are not Washington sites. You took us to in the you know to the Port Charleston. You took us to uh, uh, Philadelphia to to uh, Western PA. So you know, how did you do that movie magic to get us in the various situations? So uh, yeah, there was uh, quite a, a few special effects shots. Uh, we um, there was a lot of use of uh, troop duplication and crowd duplication, which uh, really, um, you shoot a limited number of people, you change costumes, shoot them again, put them in a different position, shoot them again, and make crowds. One of, I think, one of the most successful shots, the the Port of Philadelphia, um, looks um, quite beautiful and quite realistic for uh, um, uh, being in the driveway of 18th century (laughs) uh, port. Um, Burning down uh, a home. Rip on Lodge. Rip on Lodge, that was great. And that actually we filmed, we built a separate section of roof in a field in 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 Pennsylvania where our special effects director um, is located and burnt that down so that we can uh, (laughs) uh, add that to our scene. Um, uh, We had several scenes where there was gunfire and that you always try to take, you know, very good precaution with uh, period weapons. And um, so, and then combining all that in some very, very sophisticated digital compositing um, software and 3D software to really kind of create a, a scene that, you know, you couldn't um, go, just go to a location and depict. Yeah, I mean, I think one of, one of the scenes I love the most uh, is not the one that I'm in, in the crowd, but uh, <laughs> when we do the, uh, the, the, the Liberty Pole raising for the Whiskey Rebellion, uh, I mean, I just look at the numbers of people that, okay, we actually only had like a cast of 100 that day, but it's, it's definitely a scene that would make Cecil B. DeVille you know, <laughs> proud with, with the number of uh, uh, people just in that scene. And I mean, I, I, I'm not really sure that anyone's ever filmed a, a Liberty Pole raising quite that effectively to really capture what that must have looked like in, in the 18th century. So I think we have one of the only and best renditions of, of that around. Uh, yeah, really exciting. Yeah, and uh, when you know the the accounts uh, say it was a crowd of about forty five hundred, uh, there was no way we could get a crowd of forty five hundred. <laughs> so we made one, and yeah. uh, it's always fun to make. You know when those shots work. Now, what were what were? Uh, yeah, I just said one of my favorites. So, what were some of your favorite moments from through the production process? I think for me, the the scene that I love the most is is the scene of Washington's cabinet talking. Um, uh, you you just you get to see the engagement, and they're all these days, you know, superstars in our memory of founding fathers and people who you know helped build this country. And it, it it's 
you know, from a technical level, I'm sure it's not as difficult as some of the other stuff that you, that you had to accomplish. But uh, uh, but you know, just seeing all those actors interact with each other and and really the effort that uh, that you know Cortina and and our, our research uh, folks at the library, Joe, you too, uh, and um, you know the effort to the script writing that makes it really feel accurate I think is uh, that that scene always gets me when I see it still so yeah the, I'd say my two favorites are quite different uh, one is the uh, Whiskey Rebellion riot it's a night shot with fire <laughs> and burning down a barn and a house it so those true. are fun to make <laughs> those are just fun to make and uh, and then the other is um, the uh, Newburgh address where it's much more Intimate, and we're in a, an extreme close-up of Washington, and you want to try to capture the that moment of what it would have been like for him. You never think of George Washington to have to, you know, to face the potential of a mutiny among his officers. You think George Washington, you think hero. Everybody knew he was a hero. You would never disagree, but to see him per, try to persuade his fellow officers to um, to hold the ground and keep the respect for the uh, uh, the military and um, their uh, the authority of Congress uh, was really uh, a really a great performance and also much more intimate and uh, so those are my two favorites the big and the little good choices yeah no, I, mean, I, I I remember when uh, we were going to film the Newburgh conspiracy scene for the address and and you just had was it like forty people all in Continental Army officer uniforms file in and I just I thought wow that would be horrible to be a Continental Army enlisted soldier right now and just all of a sudden have 40 officers walking by in a big gaggle (laughs) I'm not even enlisted in the Continental Army and I was kind of terrified that I was going to get yelled at by somebody (laughs) right then Uh, and uh, you know for Matt uh, one of my favorite things with uh, you know what's what's so powerful with that cabinet scene is is the great relationship that uh, the guy that plays Jefferson and the guy that plays Hamilton Mm -hmm. have and that you could just the, the on-screen vitriol for each other is there, <laughs> but they also ate lunch together yeah. every day on set, and it was it was adorable uh, mm-hmm. to, to watch like the two of them just at their little table together having having lunch. You're like, oh, that's good. The cabinet's gonna <laughs> you're gonna heal and get the get the party back together. And that's what's always fun about uh, you know the uh, the actual filming is that you have um, craftsmen of you know it's all kinds on set. You know from um, uh, you know the caterers to the uh, costume people to the makeup people, and they're all working for one cause, and they're all you know, experts at their craft, and it's that's just always so invigorating. Yeah. Um, now, uh, is, is, we'll say there was there was one day we were short on set for for male extras, uh, and so if uh, if any of our if, if any of our, our listeners come and watch and experience B Washington, uh, you can find two separate close ups of uh, of Matt and myself uh, in it where we got drafted into period clothes, which was exciting. Uh, I think uh, I'll change my mind. Those are my two. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I will say the, the wig pirateer and the pirateer and and the French writers. They were fantastic wigs. Yeah. I think that's what really yeah. sold the performances. Uh, 
Well, Matt, you know, what have, what have, uh, we've talked a little bit about some of the reviews. What, have, what has been the feedback in the reviews so far? Well, we've been had uh, uh, fortunate to be able to show this to a lot of different folks. Uh, we've had school groups come in. We've had uh, families come in. We've had uh, uh, folks of all ages. We've had the uh, uh, National War Colleges come in and, and, and played this. And uh, so far, the reaction has been great. Um, I think that uh, uh, people who see it, even when they've seen it in our early states, uh, have uh, have reacted really well, and um, so we're 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 anticipating uh, it to be a, a huge hit at Mount Vernon, and um, and I think it's really a great way. Uh, it's one more excellent thing you can do that's included with your admission price at, at Mount Vernon. So you can come see the house, you can come see the Revolutionary War Theater where it snows, you can see our beautiful museum and education center, and then don't miss B. Washington while you're there, too. Now, this this also isn't, I think we mentioned it a little bit, but this isn't something that's just limited to being on the estate, though, right? This is no. something that you can play in your home. That if you're a teacher, you can you can take to your classroom. How does how's that going to work? No, I mean that that's one of the things that we wanted from day one is. Um, you know, the, a large part of the Mount Vernon Lays Association's mission is to do outbound education, and um, we, we while we welcome you know 1.1 million visitors a year to Mount Vernon, uh, you know it's uh, it's we're, it's only a fraction of the uh, of the folks uh, the American public, and so we uh, we wanted uh, to for those schools that are not able to come and attend in person and and do the play the experience in the theater uh, to be able to do this. Classrooms to be able to do this with civic groups to to even just do it at home with your family or, or by yourself and so um, Cortina Productions has done a fantastic job of creating a uh, a version that's um, uh, available on the web uh, at bwashington.org and there's also accompanying uh, uh, apps that will be available in the app store uh, that will allow for those school systems that have a, a limited internet connection to uh, to uh, to be able to download those assets and play them locally, um, we we spent a lot of time thinking about all the mechanics of how you get this into a school system, and you know what they can do on their computers and what they can't do, and what type of internet connections they have. And um, fortunately, we've got great partners that uh, that kind of know this stuff already, and uh, um, and they've helped us really kind of drill down that path to make it uh, easy for the classroom. But the great thing about it is the, the web version of this a teacher can essentially launch a hosted game session, and then if a classroom has a is a one to one device ratio with the students, uh, every one of the students can tune in, and it's it's just like it's, it's the same experience as if they were in the theater, but not not without the sound and all the the cool effects that uh, that Joe and team have created here. Uh, but um, uh, but it is still a very powerful uh, experience, uh, you know, for for education. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's, and, and we're going to have analytics for for all the usage, right? For who selects what. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll say as as the you know maybe data geek nerd type, you know, I'm I'm going to be super excited to to be able to look at how you know how people chose the decisions they did. Um, that, that's going to be, I think, really the exciting. important thing. That's, though, it's all anonymized, though. We're not capturing anything on your kids. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not like that. Just yeah. Uh, well, if you don't choose. 
correctly, right? I mean, because Washington's answer was the correct. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what the teachers are there for, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll, te- they'll get around to teaching you why Josh Washington's way was the correct one. Um, well, here in our last few few minutes, Joe, if if you can, you know, what, what's what's new? What's coming up for you all? What's what's exciting on the horizon? You know, is there is there any? Well, we're, you know, I think this is, uh, B. Washington is, you know, a perfect example of what's um, coming up and what's new um, in uh, in our business in that, you know, to uh, an immersive experience that engages the audience. I think that uh, one of the kids' quotes was he thought it was going to be a regular museum exhibit till he saw the touchscreen monitors and then he was <laughs> thrilled. So to just know that um, you can get kids to stop for a th- second start thinking on a different level and to be immersed and engaged you know it's so difficult to get kids and young audiences attention nowadays so you know you want to use techniques that will capture their attention and use it for a cause they want to think they want to learn they're fascinated about all these topics all you need to do is find the right you know entry in and I think uh, Mount Vernon and uh, Matt and Joe you guys have done a great job to set up the situation where we we could create a, an immersive, collaborate to create an immersive experience. And, uh, you know, Matt, on, while we're saving up mm-hmm. our nickels and dimes to, to do our next partnership with Cortina, uh, what what else, what's next for, for the new media team at Mount Vernon? Well, I mean, so with, with Cortina, they, they're also the folks that have brought our spy, Agent 7-Eleven spy adventures, so we've had a, a good, long relationship with them, and, uh, you know, we're, we're looking towards the future. Um, you know, I think that... Uh, we, we want the school buses to keep coming to Mount Vernon and for people to keep learning about uh, George and Martha Washington and the founding era. So I think that, as Joe mentioned, it's that, uh, you know, the, the kind of your traditional museum experience these days is uh, it, it has to be have a digital component to it. Um, and I think what we really like in the new media side is not just a digital component that you do on site, but something you can take away with you that you could use in a class room that you could you could do while you're uh, you know traveling uh you know on that bus ride from chicago so um you know for us i think we're looking towards the future hopefully maybe some uh some refreshes of some of our current exhibitions um uh, but then also looking at, at digital even just on the estate um you know one of our uh, uh programs we're launching this uh this year is uh, our mount vernon explorer app which is a mobile experience as you walk the estate it knows where you are and shows you information about the buildings in front of you way more than what you can see on the label cards um the other uh, uh technology we're looking to launch in the near future is a uh, an augmented reality glasses app called uh, uh, that we're partnering with Art Glass. We're calling it the Mount Vernon Time Machine. It's going to be able to take you through different stages of the uh, of the estate's history. So uh, that'll probably be coming more around the summertime. So uh, um, so we've got that, that coming. But I think uh, you know we've been fortunate to have uh, a leadership at Mount Vernon that has been interested in in advancing us in the digital front and. and fortunate to have great partners that help us along the way so uh, we as long as the funding's there we like to uh, continue that partnership so and uh, so yeah uh, make sure you 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 come by Mount Vernon uh, and and try out the new B Washington exhibit or check it out online at bwashington.org 
And uh, thank you both to my guests for, for talking with us today. And we, uh, we look forward to more exciting things in the future. Thank you. Thank you for letting us be a part of this fantastic production. Thank you for listening to this episode of Conversations at the Washington Library. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.